0: Today, I ate a single serving of my trigger food. It was chocolate. The experience, though, wasn't as smooth as I had expected. I wasn't okay with even eating one serving. I felt scared of weight gain, there were constant thoughts that I was weak, and I felt very self-conscious by eating it in public. It was a bad experience, to say the least. Even though I ate the one serving, which was the goal, I don't feel empowered, satisfied, or self-assured. What do I say to myself to make this feel like a win? Christine's experience fits a pattern I often see in my practice. A client working on recovery from disordered eating will have an important success in restraining themselves from using their disordered behaviors. They fight off the binge urge, or they distract themselves from the temptation to click on that intermittent fasting advertisement. Or they talk themselves out of doing compulsive exercise but instead of feeling awesome, they feel somewhat sorrowful. Like Christine said, she didn't feel empowered, satisfied, or self-assured. She felt like it was a bad experience to do her goal behavior. Today, we'll talk about why that happens and how it actually isn't a sign of anything being wrong. It's a sign you're moving into the next stage of your recovery and actually making progress. Without a doubt, Recovery from binge eating or other types of disordered eating is a process that leaves you much happier in the end. But along the way, it's part of the journey to go through some dips in the road where things feel uncomfortable and your mood is going to be a bit lower at times. But today, you'll learn where to expect these hard spots and how to keep powering on through them to reach the other side. This is the Breaking Up with Binge Eating podcast, where every listen moves you one step closer to complete food freedom. Hosted by me, Georgie Fear, and my co-coach, Mary-Claire Brescia. Georgie here. Before I get to the rest of today's show, I just want to thank everyone for picking up my book, Give Yourself More. I've received so many wonderful letters and notes this week, and I'm incredibly touched. Thank you guys for supporting me. If you haven't picked up a copy yet, grab my 2020 book, Give Yourself More. It's all about living a life filled with more things we want instead of running away from the things we want to get away from. It's about abundance and joy and living a healthy life by being really generous to ourselves. You can pick it up from Amazon or search for on-target publications and pick it up directly from the publisher. I hope you love it. If you don't love it, you just let me know. I will buy the book back from you. On to the episode. You ate a single serving of your trigger food. That's huge. Janet was posting to Christine, congratulating her on that successful date with her trigger food that only ended in eating one portion. That's the whole goal in phase two of resetting with our trigger foods. Make sure you listen to the episode of this podcast on resetting with your trigger foods if you want the details on the whole process. Janet continued... Christine, it sounds like you have a sabotaging thought that comes in the second sentence. Quote, it wasn't as smooth as I expected it to be. It seems to me that you're learning a new skill. If you were learning a new language, you wouldn't expect to be fluent on the first day of class. You wouldn't be able to speak the new language, and you would mostly be thinking in the old language, your native language. It's the same here. You're learning a new language around chocolate, but your native language of binging, fear, weight gain, thinking you have no control, that's all coming in. I think you did amazing, and it'll be a matter of identifying your sabotaging thoughts and learning a new language around these foods, and celebrating your success in the meantime. Isn't that a great analogy? The new language versus foreign language idea? I think it is. Christine's native language was echoing in her head saying, you can't eat chocolate. It will make you even fatter. And people can see you here eating that. What are they going to think of you? Of course, these thoughts lead to painful feelings. They bring up shame. They cause guilt and worry. And as we know, these are exactly the emotions that often lead to binge eating. I say often rather than always, because impressively, Christine was strong enough To have these feelings, but notice them and walk away. She didn't binge. She didn't throw the chocolate bar in the trash because she couldn't bring herself to eat a bad food in public. She didn't decide to do a two-hour workout because she ate the chocolate. She did the most difficult thing of all. She just kept going with her day. She refused to make it into a big thing. She said no to the drama, and that is a tremendous victory. You see, the symptoms of disordered eating, binges, restricting food, purging, or compulsive exercise, are all ways in which we try to escape, reduce, or numb discomfort. Turning to large quantities of food can help us block out insecurity or sadness or dissatisfaction with our current bodies. But restricting food, calorie counting, or planning out diet behaviors is the same. We do it to feel better overeating, undereating, doesn't matter. We do it for a sense of control. We do it for a feeling of reduced guilt or forgiveness or an element of safety. When we choose not to use eating disordered behaviors in this way, we are left to face and feel actual discomfort. And that does not feel awesome. Another client, Alex, described sitting on her couch after having an argument with her father. This wasn't a little argument, unfortunately. It was the sort of fundamental blow-up that tears families apart. The history of disagreement and hurt had been festering for years, and it finally exploded to the surface. After they had it out, Alex realized they might never speak again. She couldn't get over the hurtful things her dad had done. He wouldn't budge on his views, and as you can imagine her pain was intense. To paraphrase, Alex wrote to our group describing her agony and she was wrapped in a blanket on her couch. All she wanted to do was cry and eat, cry and eat. And several people in our group reached out to be there for her, understanding her pain and giving her the unanimous advice to cry, cry, cry. And Alex pulled through. She said, I'm not binge eating, but wow, this sucks. You can think of binge eating as a shield. We can put our shield up to block painful awareness, memories, or emotions. If the world seems like it's shooting arrows at you, you can imagine you're in some medieval movie here, you'd want to put up your shield to deflect them. So we can learn to use binges to block those arrows like a shield. The arrows might be criticism, fear, pressure, arguments, boredom, Even close connections with other people can be scary. It's safer behind the shield. The process of recovery is unlearning this pattern. So when you see one of those arrows coming in and you get the urge to throw up your shield, I want you to not actually put up your shield and stand right where you are. I know what you're thinking, but then the arrows are going to hit me. And I'm here to tell you, yes, they are but they aren't going to injure you. They're like Nerf arrows made of foam or paper airplanes. They'll hit you and they'll make you flinch. They could be really annoying, but they're going to bounce off. You won't get injured. You'll still be standing there, even when you let uncomfortable emotions hit you full blast. What Christine did when she chose to eat one serving of chocolate in a public place, which was highly uncomfortable for her, was standing there with no shield for the first time. She ate the chocolate, and the arrows hit. She got poked by paper airplanes of feeling scared of weight gain, and she got hit by another one of feeling weakness. And they didn't feel great getting pegged by those paper airplanes, but she didn't go back and grab the shield. The following day, she went back and she did the treat experiment a second time. The second day, her post reads... Date number two with one serving of Bounty Bar in public. Much better experience than last time. I knew I had control and I made a choice. I counted my wins. I tried to eat mindfully and really enjoy the treat. I'm fighting thoughts that want me to overthink and stay stuck in guilt and shame. I choose to move on from this treat date. Now, this is only day two for her with this process, but you can see how things are really changing. Christine has more confidence now that nothing awful will happen if she eats one serving of candy, or any other food. She might feel some fear or worry again, but she's ready to stand up to it. She knows there's an opportunity to let eating a chocolate bar get her swamped with guilt and shame, and she's not taking it. She knows yesterday was uncomfortable, but it didn't kill her. She seems like she feels much better today, even though it probably still isn't easy and as the days go by, I predict it will get easier, and then even easier. The wins will keep stacking up, and she'll have a longer list of things to be proud of. But what I want you all listening to remember, the first time you work to eat a single serving of your trigger food is really uncomfortable, because you're used to having several servings of it. It doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong, and it is going to feel so good a little later. And Alex, who was laying on the couch wrapped in a blanket, the one who had argued with her father, eventually she got up. She didn't binge. She resumed her life. And even days later, I know she's still feeling pain over the dispute, but she's managing it. She's living through it. You can do the same. You can survive your emotions and come out the other side. So expect to feel some uncomfortable emotions. It's part of life especially when you do things in a new way or try to grow. When you choose not to numb out with food, you're going to feel emotions a bit more. But you'll quickly realize the thoughts and feelings you've been trying so hard to escape weren't deadly. At first, it may feel lousy and you think like Alex, wow, this sucks. But remember, you have to go through the suck to get to the rewarding part. One day, you'll stand on the other side, of those painful days in your life, and you'll look backward in time. You may see a path of tear and snot-soaked tissues behind you, a rumpled blanket from where you curled up all night on the couch with your cat, but no evidence of a binge. No wrappers, no empty bottles, no empty bags or cartons, and you will feel incredible. You'll feel proud and resilient and strong. Think of that feeling and how much you want to get to that destination when you're sitting in the wow, this sucks moments. I'm Georgie. I have faith in you, and you're much stronger than you might believe. I'll talk to you soon.